Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. NBR Broncos live coming to you from Studio A, where the A stands for about that time. What time is it? About that time to make a podcast. Hey. Wow. A podcast that, yeah, that is there presented by DraftKings <laughs> nice Sportsbook. I was sure you forgot. Uh, shout out to every single one of you in the comments mm. for having my back. That's why I love you all. Uh, appreciate everyone for tuning in, hanging out with us here today. You fellas just came back from Dove Valley, ever heard of it, and you have some updates, so why don't we actually just toss it over to Zach in sports. All right, well, you always start with the quarterback, especially when a quarterback named Russell Wilson is day-to-day with his second injury in just two weeks. Russell Wilson listed as limited on the estimated practice report because they have a walkthrough. I mean, that's, that's about as, EPA. as that's about as up in the air as you can get <laughs> with where a player stands right now. He was not on the field during the open during the pra- part of practice that was open to the media. I tweeted it out. Coincidentally or not, about 5 minutes later the Broncos tweeted out a photo of Russ appearing like he was at practice. Uh, so Russ apparently at the Broncos walkthrough today. The reason they had the walkthrough is because they had a Monday night game. And Russ was asked, is he going to play? And he said, I'm hoping so. And Nathaniel Hackett kind of echoed that and said, uh, Russ is doing everything he can to play, but added in that they're getting Brett, Brett Rippon. He's going to be ready if need be. I think it's Rippon time. Oh. I think it's Rippon this week. I think it's Rippon this week. I think all the vibes are pointing toward Rippon. I think uh, the the late arrival of Russell Wilson, all that sort of stuff, maybe it doesn't necessarily point to Brett Rippon, but it definitely doesn't point to Russell Wilson either. I, uh, I'm officially saying I think this is Brett Rippon week. 
Well, and I'm officially saying I strongly disagree with you. Uh, oh, uh, well, I'll tell you what the the pod poll talked last night, and Henry, seventy-eight yep. percent of people yep. want you to be right. They want to see a healthy uh, Brett yes, Rippin yes. over an injured Russell Wilson. Yes, everyone always wants the person they haven't seen. Oh, we've seen Brett Rippin though. That's the thing. Yep. We've seen Brett Rippin against the Jets. We've yep. seen him throw three interceptions, yet still score thirty-seven <laughs> points and get a victory oh, over the Broncos. At least one defensive touchdown in there. Um, okay, the offense scored thirty <laughs> points. Oh, that uh, is, Jerry Judy uh, doesn't catch jump balls anymore. Um, Jerry Judy doesn't really get, points. Doesn't get Jerry <laughs> Judy doesn't really get thrown the ball. That is also true. Yeah. No, oh, what a shame. Hey, Brett Rippon throws Jerry the ball. He does. Gives him those shots. Um, Hopefully he throws Greg Dulcich the ball. Didn't have Cortland Sutton that game either, I, I don't believe. Mm. No, he didn't. Uh, also, those I <laughs> would be shocked. Wow. I would be shocked if Russell Wilson doesn't play, and here's why. Pizza bet? Um. Oh, Maybe. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, well, no, no, okay. no, no, no. Let me finish it, my it, point. Okay. okay. <laughs> Let me finish my point. A lot of people are saying, what happened to Russell Wilson? He was so healthy his whole career, and then he comes to Denver, he starts getting hurt. That's not what happened. Russell Wilson's not hasn't just been healthy his whole career. He just doesn't miss games. And so whether he's banged up one way or the other, he just always plays, much like, like Demarius Thomas. Like, Demarius Thomas was never healthy. He also never missed games. True. Uh, and that's just what Russell Wilson is. So that's why I think when push comes to shove at the end of the week, whether he's sore or whatever, Russell Wilson's going to say, I'm good to go, and the Broncos are going to say, cool, you're playing. I don't think Russell Wilson was this banged up, though. Uh, I mean, get, averaging an Ever? injury once every um, – Maybe at some point. Uh, just, just on average, averaging an injury every three weeks. Uh, I, I do think he's probably a little more banged up uh, than than he has been in the past. But, Ryan, that, that's why I'm leaning your direction right now is because Russell Wilson plays through anything and everything, mm -hmm. literally, unless something's broken mm -hmm. and he can't hold a football. That's the only thing that's ever held him out of a game. However, what I will say to Hank's side is the way Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett are talking about uh, him playing this week is a lot more um up in the air questionable than the way that both of those guys talked about him playing dealing with the lat strain uh two weeks ago so it, it is more i am more concerned about russ not being able to play but ultimately russell wilson's walking he's probably lightly jogging out onto the mm. field today i think he will end up going despite Ooh. as we talked about yesterday i don't know if that's the best thing for the broncos yeah uh, I definitely think it is the best thing. I definitely think he will play. Now, here I will make the case for the other side of this. And the one thing that I want to see is what does the offense look like if Brett Rippon is starting? Because it's not going – well, it, we would find out a lot of information about what the Nathaniel Hackett offense is and what the Russell Wilson offense is. Meaning, if they run Brett Rippon out there and things look – drastically different then it tells you okay well russell wilson it russell wilson's influence uh on this offense maybe is hurting it because maybe the the offense goes out there and looks good um if it goes out there and you know they struggle and it looks the same um then you can say okay nathaniel hackett is holding back russell wilson but i just have to remember of some things that we've talked about in the past of how many times there's just open receivers now it hasn't been in every game and it's not every play uh but and we're saying 
man, maybe it's it's not on Hackett as much as we thought. And I think the offense would actually stay pretty darn similar to what it's been right now. Uh, it, to what we've seen so far, it would be more so of the Hackett offense because it's about playing from the pocket. And that's not a surprise. Nathaniel Hackett told us all offseason, all training camp, that he wants Russ to win from the pocket first, and then if he has to make plays outside of the pocket. And so I, I think uh, Brett Rippon would be a good backup and fit in well in this system. I do too. I do. I just, if, if Brett Rippon is actually better than Russell Wilson from the pocket, you've got big, big, big problems. I, mean, I guess at this Definitely. point, like, would anybody be surprised if the Broncos have big problems? No. No, <laughs> it seems like we're on that path. But I just, as much as I think Brett Rippon is capable of, you know, putting up 20 points and, and doing enough to win a game, you just, on any given snap, I can't say Rippon's going to be better than Russell Wilson would be, you know? And that's where we disagree. Yeah, no chance. Is because uh, I think you guys are viewing this as Russell Wilson, and we, and we don't have to dive into the conversation since we had the yeah, conversation, but um, I think you guys are viewing this as Russell Wilson, the guy he's been his 10 years in mm-hmm. the league before this year. I'm viewing Russ as the quarterback that he's been in the first six games this year. Um, And uh, I think it's fair. You guys give him the benefit of the doubt, but I'm just viewing him in this system right now where in nearly every single statistical category, he's in the bottom five Mm -hmm. uh, in the NFL right now on top of just the lack of success the offense is having. It's not like the rest of the team's holding Russell Wilson back. And you guys said it can't get worse. Or, or it can get worse. It literally it can't get worse yeah. when it comes to the yes, offense. It can. No, it, it can't. Can, the Broncos though. are the worst offense in the NFL, and okay, it doesn't. They can ma- score less do points. They can. But they, if they're averaging zero points a game, I would accept that can't get worse. But but here's the thing, Ryan, is that can't get worse when it comes to winning because if the Broncos uh, score 16 points with Russ and the defense still allows 19, it doesn't matter that that with Brett Rippon they went out and scored 12 points. That, that doesn't matter. Is, is worse though. It it does not matter. No, they but, are I mean, the worst offense in the NFL it can't get worse well, they, they can't, can't get worse, worse. Uh, get the worse. offense can get worse but that's what matters is where you are how uh, good you are and so no what matters is just winning and yes. Russell Wilson is not doing that I mean he, he has team. twice the point is it can, he has twice out of six but tries. he put like you put up 11 points does Brett Rippon put up eight in that game does it it doesn't matter then they, but then you lose but and it was in, worse in what game the San Francisco game um I, I mean potentially but exactly it can't really get that much worse uh, that's at least that much a real yes. statement. Yes, that much I can agree with. <laughs> and if we look in the past uh, couple of games when Russ has been hurt, the Broncos have averaged, I mean, even worse than their 14.8 points per game. Wait, mm-hmm. but Ryan, but Ryan, you, you got away from this. You are sure that Russell Wilson is starting this week? Uh, I'm confident. Why won't you take a pizza bet? Oh, I was, I was going to get back to oh, that. Oh, okay. okay. Pizza yeah. bet. Pizza bet. Let's do it. Pizza bet. So you got Brett? I've got Brett. You got Russ. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. And we can only hope that I'm right. We can. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I do. Um, okay. Quickly. The headline of the show, what can the Broncos do to get this season back on track? One more news out oh, okay. of the Valley. Mm-hmm. Really oh, quick. right. Yeah, sure. That took longer than I expected. Yesterday, 
Melvin Gordon, uh, well, after the game, this Melvin is, Gordon was frustrated. This is going to take the rest of the segment because I have takes. Um, yep. let, let's get our takes out quick. So after <laughs> the game on Monday night, Melvin Gordon was upset that he wasn't talked to by anyone, to told you're not going to play the rest of the game. Nathaniel Hackett explained it yesterday in a very confusing fashion uh, about how there just weren't many plays in the second half. Mm-hmm. That's just wrong. There were 23 offensive plays in the first half, and the second half in overtime, there were 32. So yeah. that's confusing right there. Uh, and he said we just kind of uh, – Latavius was playing good. And then he asked if he was going to have a conversation with Melvin since that's something Melvin Gordon wanted. And Melvin and Nathaniel Hackett said, yes, we will. They had a conversation last night. Everything's good. He loves Melvin Gordon so much so. That Melvin Gordon is the Denver Broncos starting running back this Sunday against the Jets. He was last uh, or Monday too. He was. He was the starter. This might be the worst thing Nathaniel Hackett's done yet. Whoa. Yeah. What part of it? All of it. Tell me. So it starts with not having a, a real reason to answer the question. Okay. Um, there wasn't enough plays. Bullshit. They're hiding something. <laughs> yeah. Um, he had nine more plays. Exactly. Second. Are you going to have a conversation with him? He essentially got, in my opinion, talked into having a conversation with him by the media. Okay. Finally, he gets talked into starting Melvin Gordon by Melvin Gordon. (laughs) What are we doing here? That is not what the head coach does. There's no other way I can look at this other than he sat down with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon was pissed off, and he ends up just being like, all right, all right, you're right. We got to play you more. In fact... I'm going to start you this week to show you how much we need you and how much we care about you. This is just weird across the board, and it is not the it is not a good look for a head coach that it to me and I feel like to everyone else looks like he got talked into playing Melvin Gordon more by Melvin Gordon, and everyone kind of felt bad for Melvin, or I think a lot of people felt bad for Melvin Gordon, kind of seeing him on the sidelines looking so sad. Do we not remember? Why Melvin Gordon was slowly but surely removed from the rotation? But, again, like, the reason it's so surprising is that he had carried the ball three times. Like, he went out there and started the game, and then the decision was made. It makes sense if you made the decision before the game to say, like, oh, yeah, we can't risk him fumbling. But to get to that point and then say, nope, actually, no, that's not worth the risk, that just doesn't make any sense. Right? This, there wasn't a fumble. That no, there's it three carries, eight yards, not great. It is what it is, though. The reason I say this might be the worst thing yet is because it screams to me, I don't have a plan. No rhyme or reason for really doing anything. And just whatever which way the wind blows is which way I'm going. And, and it's it's bad to me. This is bad. It's a really, really bad look. Well, I, think it's, I think it's something that we're going to start see culminating. If, if things keep going... Uh, this way for the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett. There's just going to eventually be a narrative that Nathaniel Hackett is just way too much of a player's coach for what happened in training camp, giving them every third day off in terms of not having to practice hard, from giving the guys the preseason off to things like this. It's just going to be like, man, he just did whatever the players wanted, and the players weren't doing the right things and, and being too soft on this team when what they needed was the opposite of that. What I, what I think happened with Melvin Gordon, and you know, uh, maybe people disagree with this, I don't know, is that the Broncos felt how important the game was, and you know, usually the running backs coach is in charge of who's going out there, and the running backs coach simply just didn't want it on his, on his name 
that he put Melvin Gordon out there to fumble away the game. Well, and I think more likely is that things were reversed. Is that, you know, running back's coach handles all that. Melvin goes in there for the first drive. And then Hackett says, wait, what? We're putting Melvin in this game? No, 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 no. We're, we're cutting that out. That's that's that's, that's, that would have been a conversation that had to happen before the game. You would that's imagine. why I'm saying that would be the worst case scenario, Ryan. As bad as your scenario is, that, that would be even yeah. worse because that would mean that a very simple, easy, weekly, routine conversation didn't happen. And to game plan and not be in the, yeah, the that, same that understanding, I hope it's not right. But something crazy happened. Because they he played in that game and then was benched, like it doesn't yeah. make any sense. And he said there was no com- communication to him yet. He didn't have his helmet on, which tells me he knew he wasn't going back in. That's the big and, thing. And and at times during the game he was sitting on the bench when the offense was on mm-hmm. the field. It's not like he was right next to Tyrone Wheatley, helmeted hand mm-hmm. or helmet on, ready to go in. And a lot of times you hear, oh man, this guy handled this situation as good as you can, you know. He was out there. He's coaching up his teammates, this, that, and the other thing. And if that were the case, I would I would, at least be more receptive to then turning around and telling me he's the starting running back. But yeah. no, he was having a little pouty party on the sideline, you know, uh, and all that. Then he goes on Twitter and, you know, has all the antics with what, all the tweets he's liking. And it's like, it's the opposite of what I was talking about. It's not he handled this mm-hmm. as good as he could have. He handled it as bad as he could have. And now he's getting rewarded with the starting job because he whined his way into it. Well, and that is ugly to me. Well, and I think something that that's probably the case is something happened on Monday night, whether it was something mm-hmm. in the locker room at halftime. They just didn't trust him, like you said, Ryan. He wasn't playing well enough. Something came up. They benched him. And, Ryan, you have your take about that, that Melvin talked his way into it. Some people in the comments section are just saying, uh, Alessandro says, we need Melvin. I said it all along. Jose says, Melvin can pass protect, though, better than Boone. And that could also be what happened, is all of that stuff was true. Mm -hmm. And then Hackett's realizing after the game, we're 2-4. and We have to beat the Jets. And with the way this offensive yep. line is looking and, I, and the way teams are blitzing us and getting pressure, I need to protect my quarterback the very best. And Melvin Gordon gives me the best chance for that. Better than Latavius? Yes. Probably right now, yeah. yeah. Okay. Just a guy that's played more football. And we know Melvin's good. I'm not saying Latavius isn't. I mean, he's bigger. Uh, Latavius is yeah. bigger? Yeah, but bigger doesn't always translate no. to that. But, but mm-hmm. I'm also not trying to say Melvin's bad. I'm just trying to think that could be – a reasoning to this mm-hmm. it isn't necessarily the runner but shit these blitzes are getting home yeah uh, and we got to help out our offense and you just need talent on that offense like you just need somebody who can pick up some yards like again like there's just no strength for this offense like and, your strength right now is that you have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and that's a pretty average duo of receivers and, and let me be clear here I, I was the first one saying this team needs Melvin now after yep. Javante went down so I yeah understand mm-hmm. that part of it at least from an optical standpoint this couldn't have been handled worse yeah well and beyond yeah. that my, my biggest beef with the situation is you took a guy who's already in his head and you made him even more in his head by putting him in this crazy situation yeah like just try to steady the ship there don't provide more waves for a guy who's already fumbling because he's freaking out well um we have heard that melvin has gone into a drive thinking he was going to fumble it so maybe he accidentally said that out loud, and mm. that's why he got benched. Oh, jeez. <laughs> or he was just very honest with the coaches. He's, I got a feeling Dude, I'm going to fumble on this happen. I can't go back in. And they were like, okay, well, we're <laughs> never putting you back right, in. Right, right. Until they're like, damn, we actually need you. 
Oh, this is a bad, it's a bad situation all around just for the Everything. Broncos offense. And it's, it, I'm happy we talked about it now because this is something where if things keep going off the rails, we can look back in four weeks and be like, damn, that was just another thing added to the turmoil that's going on. And, and I hope that we're not having those conversations. I hope they get things turned around because we were all so ready for this season. It just, mm -hmm. to me, doesn't feel like things like this happen to teams that are coached competently. And there's just a lot of things, mm -hmm. a, little, a lot of small things we can point to. Right. Already. And yep. like when Gary Kubiak is the head coach of the team, you're just not pointing around to like, wow, that's a dysfunctional thing. Right. That looks really bad. Mm -hmm. Like he's the one who's coming to the podium on Monday of every week saying Brock's going to start this week. Peyton's not ready. Like no mm -hmm. games, no, none of this. It's just like, it feels, and that's just one example, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. but like all, you never had uh, remember, remember when I like, broke the news to Isaiah McKenzie that he lost his punt return job. Right, right. And it's like that stuff, like that was a Vance Joseph thing. He told the media before he told the player. It's like right. those things don't happen to competently coach teams. <laughs> this feels like another one of those things where it's just like, so you didn't have a conversation with him, but once the media asked him, you had a conversation with yeah. him. After you had a conversation with him, suddenly he's the starter. Even if that's all coincidence, it's poorly the optics are so bad yeah a hundred percent uh and we still have a lot to talk about but guys first i need some help okay DraftKings offering two great boosts tonight i just went through this for like an hour on bets one of them <laughs> more of a lock than justin herbert throwing a touchdown uh, according yes. to DraftKings, uh which was a great thing they offered and it just turned out for the second time in his career justin herbert did not throw uh a touchdown but on our bet show, I, I said, be weary. Yep, yep, yep. So we hedged it, and we ended up making a couple bucks. Okay, well, yep. are we hedging? Because DraftKings tonight is offering Kevin Durant to score 20 or more points. It was minus 1,000, meaning you had to bet uh, $1,000 to win 100. They're putting that to plus 100, meaning you bet $25, you win $25. I love it. I oh, no. am middling this. You okay. can't hedge it because you can't get the number at 20. At, at 20. Um, cause I, or else I would, because there'd be plus odds on under 20 for sure. Big time plus mm -hmm. odds. What you can get is Kevin Durant under 27 and a half. Okay. okay. So, if, ah. and you can get that at minus one Oh five. So you end up taking it on a tiny bit of risk, 5% risk where, uh, if he goes, if he scores 28, you end up losing 5% of what you invested. Mm -hmm. okay. Um, but if he gets 19, you're, you're essentially covered. Uh, and or no, I guess if he gets 28, you make a little bit. Okay. If he gets 19, you lose a little bit. Okay. And if he gets anywhere between 20 and 27, you win double. There we go. Yep. Okay, that's the way to do it. And then the other thing on DraftKings that they're offering is a 50% boost for any bet. Well, what's the play? I have spent all day thinking about this. Okay. Um, and it <laughs> kind of depends on what you have in, in your bet slip already. Well, like, I spent all day thinking about how I was going to ask you, so you better have a good answer for it. Okay, me. so... <laughs> First of all, I already have a Nuggets to win the championship ticket, okay. um, so I didn't want to put it on that. But you could get it at plus twenty seven hundred if you want. If you okay. want to uh, just have that in your back yep. pocket, so they're plus eighteen hundred. Eighteen. Right now. Yep. Nice math. Thank you. Um, you could put it on Jokic to win MVP, uh, though a lot of people are weary of voter fatigue yep. as it results uh, on that. You could put it on Nuggets to get the number one seed in the West. This is like a really popular take from national media right now mm -hmm. is Nuggets to get the one seed in the West. That's at plus 550. So with the boost, it's like plus 800, 825. Good math. 
Oh, thanks. I've just, I just did it. So <laughs> using my photographic memory to remember the numbers. Um, but after all of my deliberation and all of my decision making, I have landed on this, okay. which I think will happen if the Nuggets get the one seed. But it's three times the odds. Ooh. Michael Malone, coach of the year ah, at like plus that. 1,400 pre-boost, plus 2,100 post-boost. If the Nuggets are as good as we think they can be and they stay healthy and all the things that you need to hit any of these bets, yeah. I think Mike Malone wins coach of the year uh, and we cash that bet. Mm, I mm -hmm. love that. I love it. That, that's, that's a great pick right there. And you can get this over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can also get $200 in free bets, which you could use on these uh, and other bets by using the code DNVR when you sign up and placing a $5 money line bet on any NBA team. And if they win, $200 in free bets in your account. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR to get this and make sure to mm -hmm. see show notes for details. And come down to the bar tonight. Yes. It's going to be a good time. Nuggets have their uh, season opener obviously uh, the avs are playing too tonight's gonna be like our first big double header mm. watch i guess there was monday, monday too night, but the vibes yeah. just it doesn't work with football it well, doesn't work the it's same just way the nervous the broncos nervous energy is true it's just tough that is true it's gonna be a bunch of fun here tonight though i'm really excited um they play again tomorrow too right no, or friday. Friday oh friday saturday Saturday is like a quadruple header because yeah. you have Buffs, Rams, Avs, and Nuggets. I guess the Buffs are Woo. kind of fun. They were last week. They were last week. We exactly. <laughs> that is, they were last week. What's but, the spread right now? Uh, in the 20s. Okay. 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 That's not bad. Just sad. But uh, yeah, I mean, come down to the bar. Come hang out. Watch all this stuff with us. Uh, we have the tailgate on Sunday. Make sure you're getting your tickets for that. And also make sure you're getting your tickets for all the things we have going in London next week. Uh, as Ryan said yesterday, they're selling fast. So make sure you jump in if you're going to be out there. Damn, Ali just cracked a severed lime over there. Oh, mm. So going jealous. Going for your heart. <laughs> so jealous. <laughs> uh, speaking of delicious drinks, also check out our friends at Breckenridge Brewery. Um, we're heading to London. Also, a bunch of the Breck squad is heading to London, so we'll Ooh. probably run into huh. them out there, hang out with them. I think I was told they have like 30 people going oh, um, from the from the uh, from the campus over there. And there's a bunch of Breck brew great goodies mm. in our swag bag. Love I just it. got a look at a Breck brew hat that's going in there. Ooh. Just if you if you're doing you know multi-event packs with us, you're just getting a free Breck brew hat on top of all the other stuff like our DNVR London shirt, pin, sticker pack. You're going to get a cool Breckenridge Brewery lanyard. All sorts of great stuff. And I haven't even mentioned that they make the best beers. Yes, they absolutely do. I mean, that's the heart and soul. Damn good beers. They, they, they do it best. All right, guys, we got two things to do in this second segment. Oof. And let's start with the headline of this show. Is there anything the Broncos can do to change their season? And honestly, I had two coming into this conversation because we were going to have this yesterday before Russ's injury popped up. And one, we talked about it yesterday. Start Brett this week. We don't have to debate that <laughs> since we talked about it. Uh, but but my other one, can I go first? Is that yes. Okay? Um, someone in the comment section said, uh, just said, is there any chance Nathaniel Hackett gives play calling duties up? Probably not. No. But I think there is a situation. There's hmm. a situation, and and I have uh, the answer. I think at where you would go for that because. What you can't do, what doesn't make sense, and, and, and this is to turn the season around this year. This isn't about, like, what's best for the team in the future because firing um, 
Nathaniel Hackett doesn't make sense. That, that's not going to help turn the team around. If you do that and you bring uh, Ijiro Evero to be your head coach, that's for the future. That's to see if he can be a good head coach. Yep. That's not to ch- turn around and win this year. So you're not going to give play calling duties to Justin Outen, a first-time play caller. No. That, Are you going the same way that, that I was no going? Sense. I thought I had a unique take here. I, I think we're probably going <laughs> the same way. You got to go to someone who's done it before. Zach Azani has not done it before in the NFL. Certainly Butch Berry has not done it before in the NFL. You go to Clint Kubiak. Mm-hmm. Who knows Russell Wilson in the building better than Nathaniel Hackett? If anyone, it's going to be Clint Kubiak. And Clint Kubiak has called plays in the NFL before. So probably to do this, you have a scapegoat. It's Justin Outen. Wow. I cannot. You fire him. You promote Clint Kubiak to play calling, offensive coordinator. And then you're letting Nathaniel Hackett be a head coach. And you know what? One thing that Brian Dayball did, which blew my mind, yeah, me but too. all of the props to him, was he gave up play calling duty. I thought that's what made him so good mm-hmm. in Buffalo was the play calling. Now, sometimes he didn't run the ball well. Mm-hmm. But look at them, 5-1. and one, And the offense is doing enough to win games. Maybe this is a step that Nathaniel Hackett needs to take. And then you give it to someone who's done it before, and uh, there's hope. I thought all day. When, when <laughs> we pitched this headline, I spent a lot of time. It was The only two thoughts I had in my head are, what do I use this 50% profit boost on? And how can the Broncos turn around the season? And I thought, I've got a take that no one else is going to have. And I, this is well thought out, and you just nailed it. Um, it's, well, again, thinking. it's not fair to Justin Outen. Uh, but life in the NFL just isn't fair. Yep. Uh, and you know, uh, sometimes a coach has to go to his buddy and say, Hey, this ship is sinking and I have to throw someone off of it. I'm sorry (laughs) that, uh, it's you. Yeah. And uh, in that way, he'd be saying, here's a couple million dollars too. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Uh, and uh, hopefully a lifeboat, Um, (laughs) but it's, it's something that might might have to happen. It is the ultimate ripcord emergency, uh, and I just don't. You could just give it to Justin Outen. That could be your first one. It's just yeah. not going to inspire confidence in anyone. Right. Um, and he- heck, Justin Outen could nail that opportunity. We have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Clint Kubiak could also fail the opportunity. We have no mm-hmm. idea of that mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. But it does feel like this would be the crowd-pleasing move, right? Everyone yeah, wants yeah. to hear a name that they've heard before. Yeah. They're like, you know, you say Kubiak, people's ears perk up. Yeah. They're like, I, I'm in for that. I like that. So that is the, uh, that I think that is the ripcord. But it would be the weird to, yeah, to fire your offensive coordinator and give up play-calling duties in the same week. It would be. <laughs> it, it would be. And so last you're year... Because you are essentially saying... But you really should have fired me. Right. Because <laughs> right. I'm the play caller. Right, exactly. <laughs> and also, you shouldn't have trusted my offensive coordinator, who I hired, because now I'm saying he's not good enough. Uh, so it would be weird there. Mm-hmm. And Clint Kubiak called plays just last year for the Vikings. They weren't incredible, but they scored 25 points per game. They were 15th in the NFL, so slightly above average. But, hey, that's 10 more points than the Broncos are scoring now. It is. The tough part, though, is that if Nathaniel Hackett isn't calling plays – what is he what is the point of having nathaniel hackett What's like that was that was the reason though yeah i i guess i mean you're using that. you're still calling plays out of his offense right true so true. that that's why you got brian dable is because he's brought his offense he's just not the one pressing the buttons on game day yeah i just don't think like you can pull the pull the trigger if you want but i do think that that means you make a change at head coach in the offseason because there's just 
that that's his thing. Like that's what you brought him in here to do is to to bring this offense to run the offense. So, and if he can't do it, then why not bring in somebody who can? I actually disagree. I don't think that's huh. why Nathaniel Hackett was hired. I think he was hired off of vibes. I think that that George Payton got in a, in a room with him and was like, "Wow, our organization has this weird energy around it right now, and this guy brings so much positive energy." Uh, and I think he's smart on the offensive side of the ball. I think he's going to connect with whoever my quarterback is, whether that was going to be Aaron Rodgers at the time or someone else. Uh, and I think he's just going to make being a Denver Bronco an enjoyable experience again. While also, at the time, thinking he's also going to do a great job as just being a coach, mm -hmm. being a communicator, talking to people, all that stuff. I think that being an offensive play caller was a part of it, but not the main reason. The problem is none of that other stuff is working and yeah. he looks horrible in his job as head coach right now as mm -hmm. well as offensive coordinator. So you're right. I think Hank in the sense that one, any move you make is essentially just uh, the first step mm -hmm. to moving on eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, and it might be a reason why they don't make a move or it might just be what it is and we're gonna say okay they took play calling duties away from him it's only a matter of time before they take the other title he has away from him as well because wouldn't you want to at least just say like ah jiro evro everybody's fired up about him he's a coordinator though at some point he's gonna get a head coach job see and why not just give him your head coach job if hackett's not gonna be calling plays or doing anything anyway you because know? because yeah. when i think of it right now i'm thinking how do you turn around this season True. going from one inexperienced head coach to another inexperienced <laughs> head coach and likely hurting your defense in the process and taking away court uh, p making every coach on the staff do more work exactly on True. what's your strength right now you're probably going to weaken that mm -hmm. so that's why you don't do that right now you don't fire nathaniel hackett right now because when you do that you are saying from an organizational standpoint mm -hmm. the season is done Definitely. but hank if they're two and six at the bye maybe that's when you do it if they're week 13 and things are still going in this direction that's when you make the move and then you do put uh, evero in that position to mm -hmm. see if he can totally. be that guy because you're right if this defense keeps playing the way it is and evero keeps getting all the praise he's getting nationally he may be despite what the yeah. broncos are on offense he might get plucked from another he'd team. at least and, get an interview and mm -hmm. if you, you want to make kubiak offensive coordinator it, not nathaniel hackett because nathaniel hackett could go to george payton and say here's the move i want to make but internally, let's just say George Payton wants to make Clint Kubiak mm -hmm. offensive coordinator. Wouldn't you just fire Nathaniel Hackett and Justin Outen, promote Ejiro Evero, and then make Clint, mm. uh, Clint Kubiak your offensive coordinator? You could, unless you just, unless you, well, because then George Payton is admitting a massive wrong. Because <sighs> yeah. he could admit. It's better to admit that you're wrong on that than you're wrong on Russell Wilson. Yeah. He could it. <laughs> Yeah, but or, I mean... Or I guess it's better to be wrong on that than wrong on Russell it, Wilson. It, it, it would be, uh, but just because you do that doesn't mean it's going to right no. Russell Wilson. But if he tells Nathaniel Hackett, look, you need to make a move. Mm -hmm. Nathaniel Hackett moving on from Justin Outen is on Nathaniel Hackett. Because George Payton didn't bring Nathaniel Hackett in. And remember, yeah, it, that's not how... That's not, what? You said Nathaniel Hackett, but Outen. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, Outen. That's not how it should be. But these things happen all the time in sports. It's CYA. Yeah, of course. Every, that's what everyone's trying to do right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you're, you're probably there right now, but you're one loss away from full-on panic, 
chicken with your head cut off, everyone cover your ass yep. situation. Yep, mm-hmm. you, you very much are. And in- that's Russell Wilson. Yeah. That's Nathaniel Hackett. Mm-hmm. That's George Payton. That's every assistant coach. And just think about this. I mean, the stories that could come out if the Broncos lose to the Jets of what a wild week it was in London, of everyone CYAing and, and covering themselves. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's wild. Hank, do you have any... Uh, do you have any magical ways the Broncos can save the season? I mean, th- that's the big one. Like, in terms of drastic, like, here's the one quick fix. Uh, no. But I do think Greg Dulcich showed that he is your best tight end. You got to keep running with him. Melvin Gordon is your best running back. You got to keep him going or make a move to get somebody else. Like, there's little things like that. Um, but in terms of big moves, there's there's only one you can make, and I think you're mostly just admitting defeat at that point. Yeah, and, and, and it's very fair. And uh, let's hope the Broncos don't have to admit defeat on Sunday against the Jets. And as we get into the whiteboard here, there's a couple things, uh, at least one, actually both of the things I, I have on my whiteboard, I think are things that if you can get started, it can help you turn around the season. It's not one press this button to save season, but it's two things that I think if you get established this week, you can carry it through the rest of the season. Okay, well, let's bring it up. Let's talk about our whiteboard Wednesday, how the Broncos can beat the Jets and get one game closer to 500 and just try to keep their season alive. Let's dive into the first one. Deck the Hall. I'm talking about the Jets' best offensive player, Brees Hall, second-round rookie, looks Good. Mm-hmm. In the past three wins, the Jets are 3-0. and mm-hmm. Brees Hall has only started one of those games. It was the previous one. Uh, and in those three games, despite only starting one of them, he has over 130 yards per scrimmage on average and one touchdown per game. That is uh, top of the line running back play mm-hmm. right there. Brees Hall has been their offense. We'll talk about how Zach Wilson has been bad since he's been their starting quarterback. And that's why it's so impressive that the Jets' offense is able to do what they've been able to do and move the ball. And it's all because of this running game led by Brees Hall. He is the guy, especially with Zach Wilson, a quarterback. To me, I'm putting eight in the box and saying, Brees Hall is not beating me this week. And if Zach Wilson goes and does it, okay, applaud him. Say, great job. You beat Pat Sertan, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, this secondary Mm. Don't let Brees Hall do that. There's one that you didn't mention there. One and I if didn't you put mention. eight in the box, it means you're putting Damari Mathis in single coverage. That is true. Uh, and uh, good luck. Ryan, uh, mm-hmm. Zach Wilson in his three starts. Last week, he threw for 110 yards. He's averaging, I believe, yeah. 55% completion on the season. One passing touchdown in three games. Don't give him free yards with pass interference. Then. And two interceptions. Um, so maybe maybe a little in exaggeration because you're right. You do still want to help Damari Mathis out. Uh, but it, it's help. It's not like full-out help. You don't have to send everything to Damari Mathis. But I, I'm doing everything to yeah. shut down uh, Brees Hall. And the crazy thing is, like, it's not like shutting down a normal running back. Like, they aren't just lining him up in the backfield and handing him the ball. Like, they're, yeah. they're putting him at tight end. They're putting him out wide. Yeah. They, they, his big run Christian when they McCaffrey sealed it. Yeah, but I mean, even crazier than that. Yeah. But, like, they're, the, the, the run that got it to 24-10 and, and put him in position oh, yeah. to seal it, like, they just have him playing, like, an H-back, H-back. type thing. Yeah. And they run everybody to the right, and they pull blockers back to the left. 
The whole defense over pursues, and then there's just nobody on the left side of the field, and he just swoops in behind and runs 20 yards for a touchdown. And then at that same time, I, I mentioned those are yards from scrimmage because mm -hmm. he's doing it as, as exactly. a receiver as well. Uh, two games ago, he had 100 receiving yards. Yep. Yeah. They'll line him up as a pure receiver. Yep. Like, they, they'll, they'll put him and Michael Carter out there. That's the thing is Michael Carter's a good back, too. You know, you look at, like, the pro football focus. It was going around Twitter today. But they say he's, like, the better back, and he's graded out higher even than Brees Hall. But he's just speedy and so physical up the middle that it just opens up all the edges for Brees Hall to when they overcommit. I got Brees Hall number one overall in my dynasty Ooh. rookie draft, and that's working feeling, out well for me. You're feeling great about mm -hmm. that. Yeah, it feels really uh, good. So stop Brees Hall. Do whatever you can. All right, let's hit number two here. We've got enter oh. witness protection. Enter witness protection. What happens when you go into witness protection? Uh, you change you disappear. Your name. You get a new identity. Yes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and that is what the Broncos need more than anything. They have to start this week developing an identity. I think this is the number one single biggest problem for this offense. They don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. And when you don't know who you are, you don't know what's coming ever. So it's, it's you know, I said it once, I'll say it a million times, calling plays is like a story. Well, there's no story right now. It's just, no. it's like a three-year-old with a crayon and a blank sheet of paper just scribbling. That's all that's happening right now. Every play is existing in a vacuum. You're not building up to anything. You're not using, if I told you, well, I mean, I, I, I know you know the answer, but if it's third and one, you need this. What are you going to do? Sneak. Well, apparently this team says we're going to go into shotgun and drop back. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of other teams will say, okay, we're going to go to our bread and butter play here, whether that is bootleg whether that is you know rpo uh, pick play whatever there's so many options the broncos have no idea what they're doing in any situation because they don't even know what they're good at yet other than maybe four verts it's been pretty successful for them uh in a lot of situations although now teams are just going too high damn you know the chargers pretty much did it every play in fact mm -hmm. at one point in the game Cortland sutton they were in the red zone they got Cortland sutton in man they just called timeout because they're like we're not going to let them do that to us mm -hmm. yeah. so the Broncos need an identity. They need to enter witness protection, get rid of that old identity, whatever they thought it was, get a new identity. And I don't even necessarily know where it starts. That was going to be my question. What's their identity? But I think it has to go back to wide zone, especially if you are going to uh, play Melvin Gordon. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to play Latavius Murray, it's a harder sell. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But if you're saying Melvin Gordon is our starting running back and we are going to ride him for better or for worse – you got to get back to that. That is that was that was what Nathaniel Hackett said when he was hired. What is your offense? Starts with outside zone. Yep, yep. And we uh, haven't seen it since like week three. No, yeah. and at and, least consistently. And Edved uh, in the comment section says someone needs to ask Hackett about this. He was asked today about this, and mm -hmm. what he said was two things: one, the defense is taking that away, and two, he wants the offense to be more efficient. And right now, the offense, he says, is more efficient in inside zone. So that's why they're doing that. Uh, and, and to me, Ryan, it, it goes to what you're saying. Your identity was supposed to be outside zone. If that's your identity, there are some games where it's smart to not do that because the defense is really good on the outside and they have those guys to stop it. But it doesn't mean that you completely abandon your identity. Then what yeah. were you doing all offseason? And that, to me... 
is a big issue with, with, with the coach. If you're just going to abandon it uh, and never go back to what you've practiced mm -hmm. all offseason. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like when we create a new product in one of our markets and a lot of work goes into it. We say, hey, here's the name of the segments and here's the name of the show and here's the branding and here's the cover. A lot of work goes into it. And then you start it and it's not going to have the audience that this show has right mm -hmm. away. Right. But you don't just instantly say, <laughs> right. well, no one likes this show. Let's move on. Like you got to give a show essentially a whole year yep. before you decide if that's going to be a successful show or not. Right. And that's how I feel about this Broncos offense. It's like you can't just abandon the whole thing that you no. started yeah. at the beginning of the season just because teams started crashing the outsides and you can't get Russ out of the pocket that way. You have to get back to it and be more creative about how you're going to do it. Pinch down on those edges so they can't go running after Russ. The way, like they're trying to have a new identity every week at this yeah. point. Yeah. At the same time, though, like you put up 15 points a game, you know, three games in, they said, no, we got to try something else. And you could still keep some elements of that. But the thought was, well, we lost Javante too. We might as well just pound the inside zone, build the play action off of that instead. I don't know. Maybe we go back to like the Brett Rippon says that Mike Shula says that everything changes every three weeks. It's like, yeah, there's your three weeks there. It's time to try something new. Time to go back to it. But then, yeah. I mean, look what the three weeks has been since they've done exactly. that. And now That's why we're asking for a change again. to do something else. It's mm -hmm. a bummer. All right, let's hit the next whiteboard Wednesday. Dump it to Dulcich. Oh, so there was, a, there was a play you guys might remember. Um, you might have seen a screenshot where uh, Greg Dulcich was standing wide open and the seas parted and he could have caught the ball there for a first down. Um, that went viral, I think. It did go viral. Yeah. It, it did. So he didn't get the ball on that one. It took about 30 seconds. Actually, not even 10 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. We sat yeah. there and we said, like, oh, this screenshot's going to pop yeah, up on Twitter. Say, I had, people I had Twitter open. ready to screenshot. Yeah. I had Twitter now. open. You said that. I was like, no, it already is. Look, it's right there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you may have also noticed that ball to KJ Hamler. He's like coming across the logo and kind of bouncing. It's like, did he catch it? Did he not? Mm. You could kind of see from one of the angles that Greg Dulcich, like the ball flew right by him. It's like, oh, Dulcich kind of seemed open there. He was open. He was open on third down right at the sticks. There's actually a third time where Greg Dulcich had been able to make just a little move, stand right in the middle of the field, hands up on the third down right at the sticks. You got to feed him the ball. Like he he was getting open every single third down and not once did did he wind up with the ball. So, I mean, in general, give the ball to Greg Dulcich. Like they gave him 70% of the snaps in that game, a little more than 70%. It was one snap for Salbert. There was nothing for Alberto. He basically took those two roles. Blocking, work in progress. But he is actually a good receiver. And, and on these third downs, whether it's Russ, whether it's Rippon, in particular on third down, get him the ball. And that's where Russ has struggled, is, sure is. is finding those things right in the middle. Yep. You hope that that's very much emphasized. And I'm curious to see how teams approach Greg Dulcich moving forward. Because like you mm -hmm. said, the Chargers, they, they didn't care about him. Nope. And I would think that teams would adjust and give a lot more mm -hmm. to him. And if not, though, you're absolutely right. Hammer yeah. Dulcich. And if, if you finally have another threat or teams think that there's another threat, well, maybe you're not going to see Cortland Sutton double, or yeah, Cortland Sutton double covered again this week, or maybe Jerry right. gets a little bit easier matchup. So, if if they do double cover him, if they do do whatever, that's that's a good thing too. Yep, it absolutely is. All right, let's hit this next one. It is play slapjack. Yes, uh, do you guys game. know slapjack? Yeah, you slap it yep. when it's a jack. Yep, the cards. Pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, how would you describe the speed of that game? Very fast. Very fast. Yes. A lot of slapping. It's a quick game. The Broncos need more uh, quick game. Just like Slapjack. Mm. Uh, it, it is the biggest thing missing from this offense Imagine right now. Imagine K1 with that club. Yeah, there you go. He would really <laughs> get some Slapjack. Um, 
it's the biggest thing missing from this offense right now. And Hank pointed it out, I think, yesterday. Early in the game, when they had two very su successful drives, mm -hmm. it was there. You had Dulcich in the flat when he got his head ripped off for no call. He did. Um, you had quick out to Jerry Judy, I believe, mm -hmm. at one point. It was it looked like a real offense that was attacking the field at three different levels. And the Broncos are not attacking the short passing game at all right now when push comes to shove. Because instead of like instead of trying to get that quick gain on first down, they're just saying, Okay, well, let's just go run, run, pass. Mm -hmm. You have to add that additional element of throwing. Mm -hmm. I would love to see our there's no reason why Russell Wilson can't be a successful RPO style quarterback. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean you have to redo the whole offense, but use some RPO. Allow Russ to make a simple read. It, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, he's not getting through his progressions. That's what's so great about RPO. So <laughs> essentially, you have three reads, but it's only one pass read in most uh, scenarios. Right. It's just, are you going to keep it? Or are you going to hand it off? Or are you going to throw it? Yep. Simple stuff. Uh, you talk about simplifying the offense. I would love that. And you can do that, whether it's a slant, whether it's a bubble, could be both you know a flat kind of stick route like whatever it may be get the ball out of Russ's hands quicker and it'll open up this offense a lot my question I completely agree my question though is can you do that this week when if when and if Russ is clearly limited and can't run so then there's only two options of the the quick pass or the handoff absolutely the Philadelphia Eagles won a Super Bowl using RPO with Nick Foles as their quarterback more mobile than Russ potentially right now <laughs> he didn't ever yeah. run it though is my point okay. uh, you RPO doesn't have to be a three level yep. threat it can just be a two level threat run or pass mm -hmm. uh, and you it doesn't have to be two options on the run it, you can hand it off or you can throw it so uh, you you like to have that third element because it catches teams off balance and, and, you know, you can kind of pull it out when you need it most, like the Broncos were at least with zone read in the fourth quarter right, uh, right. against the Chargers. But this is just the type of stuff that I really expected to be in the offense. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this is going to take Russ to a whole other level, mm -hmm. just adding some of this easy stuff um, that I thought Nathaniel Hackett was going to bring with him based off of some of the things you see Aaron Rodgers do in Green Bay. Haven't seen it got to get the ball out quick because mm -hmm. Russ is so good at passing the ball vertically mm -hmm. and teams are just saying okay well we're just going to take that away yeah right. there's uh, been no worse time in NFL history for that to be your strength yes like everybody's playing two safeties back it's like all cover four everywhere that's you just have to start making the short passes but even you know the buffs this week with Owen McCown and JT mm -hmm. Shrout looked at those two high way off looks and said okay we're just gonna start throwing bubbles yep and it worked great for them. Uh, I realize it's a different game. Yep. But like the fact that a college staff, an interim college staff, was able to identify that and get to it and make it work immediately uh, is just to show you how simple some of this stuff really is. It's, it, you have to force them to get closer to the line so then you can unlock that longer stuff. The other tough part with that, though, and with the bubbles, but also with some of the wide zone, your receivers are not blocking well. Like Cortland Sutton is a good blocker. And this game was kind of like an aberration. But there was the one play, remember, where we looked at each other and was like, why didn't he pull that and just throw the bubble? Yeah. Well, K.J. Hamler and Jerry Judy were blocking. And based on what we'd seen in that game, those two blocks were not going to get made. So that's the other tough part there is you want the bubbles. Oh, those aren't the most well-rounded receivers. And you want to run the wide zone. Well, you better do it to Cortland Sutton's side because if you go behind Jerry Judy, you know what's going to happen. Fair enough. All right, let's hit this next one. Answer the cues. 
I'm talking about the two biggest cues that the New York Jets have. That's Quincy Williams mm -hmm. and Quinnen Williams, specifically him. How cool is it for that family, though? Two brothers. Pretty cool. That's Th Those sick. guys are brothers, both yep. playing not just on the same team, but starting on the same unit, one linebacker, one defensive lineman. Uh, Quinton Williams is um, a, a good linebacker. Uh, he, he's a starter. He have put Quincy. Up Quincy, yep. yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Thank you. Uh, Quincy put up 14 tackles a couple of weeks ago, but the cue I'm really talking about is Quinton Williams. He was the third overall pick in the 2019 draft because people thought he was going to be the could be the closest thing to Aaron Donald uh, that the NFL has seen since Aaron Donald mm -hmm. came in. Now, he has not lived up to that in his first few years, but this year yep. he actually looks like that. He has been a monster. He leads the NFL for, for defensive linemen in pressure rate and sack rate better than Aaron Donald this year uh, and in the the game last week against the Jets I mean he was or, or against the the Packers mm -hmm. he was the reason that they won the game mm -hmm. it wasn't anyone on offense it wasn't anyone else it was it was uh Quinnen Williams he had seven quarterback pressures two sacks Sheesh. and just thir yeah. 34 pass rushes so he was getting after Aaron Rodgers like crazy he is a beast and then you look at the Broncos offensive line and the struggles they've had and I don't know what the answer is, but the Broncos better figure it out because my first instinct is you have to double-team this mm -hmm. guy. And if you're double-teaming him, that means you're using Lloyd Cushenberry and one of your guards, where have the Broncos struggled? At A-gap blitzes. You're, you're just instantly mm -hmm. going to open up a hole for the Jets right there. So then you have to have Melvin Gordon or a very good pass protector in there in order to pick up those blitzes. Mm -hmm. Quinn and Williams on his own provides a massive problem. But then once you think you figured him out, I think he's going to open up more problems for the Broncos' offense, and I I'm really scared about what he could do. You know the way you take Quinn Williams out of the game? How? The same way that you should be able to get Russ in the game. Get him away from the middle of yep. the field yep. as fast as you can. Yeah, but can yep. you do that this week? I would think so. Uh, I'm, well, I mean, the injury, I well, guess, is the I'm question. About. The injury, yeah, yeah if who you knows? Can't, then Russ isn't, can't play. Like, but I don't think his hamstring is going to be – he can't move at all. Okay. Because the one thing about all of those Jets pass rushers is they're all just massive. Like, they're big guys. Like, more often than not, they're just collapsing the pocket. When they're getting in the backfield, a lot of the time, it's still twists up front and the stunts and all that. And the Packers did a horrible, horrible job passing all those off. The middle of that yeah. line was confused. And the Broncos have had issues with some of that stuff. I don't think it's to that level. Um, so that kind of concerns you, but the good news is there aren't these like super fast edge rushers who are coming around trying to make plays. It's just Quinn and Williams. It's uh, Vinnie Curry who had an awesome game. Um, there's that other big defensive tackle there, but that's the part that I find a little bit comforting is that there, there's still no speed rush. You should always have a second and a half, two seconds if you are able to contain Quinn and Williams and you don't just get beat off the snap. And maybe, Brian, in, in our whole conversation yesterday and today about where Russ is at and should, should an injured Russ play, I kind of view it as how limited what Russ was against the, the Chargers in the second half. That's how I'm viewing Russ going into this game. So maybe he does have Wolverine's blood. And he's going to heal that quickly, as Russell Wilson said today. Or he's going to heal quickly enough where he can be moving to that effect. Uh, and, and then you're absolutely right. That's the game plan. But I, I was just thinking of Russ's injury being so bad that he can't really do that since he wasn't doing that in the second half. Yeah, I mean, he still moved around. But who knows what it's like 
after you know it tightens up and all that right jazz um but heck I don't we don't talk about the jazz today oh fair we enough we do not like the jazz <laughs> today uh, i mean dustin hopkins was perfect with a hamstring in- injury so uh and uh, <laughs> sure that makes was. me think of the Out afc players of the week dustin hopkins afc special teams player of the week just ridiculous mm-hmm. that he got that uh deserves it but ridiculous speaking uh, of special teams jets blocked a field goal scored a touchdown on a blocked punt um, you know who scored the touchdown? Will Parks. Will Parks, really it was. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> the other piece. He tweeted today. Did you see? No. What did he say? He said something like, they had they had a chance to keep me twice, SMH. Ooh, oh. I love it. I love it. But that was the difference in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure, the yeah. score is lopsided, but the, those were the plays that swung everything. Well, and then also with that, Quinnen Williams, the AFC yep. defensive player of the week. Broncos get him next. All right. Let's hit our final whiteboard here, and it is get hung. Yep. Whoa. It's time for Brandon Johnson. Oh. It's time for Brandon Johnson. Let's go. Yep. Uh, I'm, you just need a spark, right? Like, Dulcich provided a spark, and because of that, the offense looked solid early on. I think there's more in that tank. You should keep him in there, keep doing that. Give Brandon Johnson his chance. He made a whole bunch of plays really during did. training camp in the preseason. I mean, what does that mean? It means you're probably taking away 10, 15 snaps from KJ Hamler. Sure. I mean, and really, block? we're going to find out. Because, like, I'm almost <laughs> thinking, like, what's Seth Williams up to? Yeah. Like, Tyree you know, Cleveland? Tyree Cleveland. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but just get me a body out there yeah. that can get in someone's way. Brandon Johnson's so fast. Watching- he has such good hands. Just, like, I, part of the problem is you watch what. Aaron Rodgers did last week, and a lot of his game, and it's the same with Russell Wilson, if he's even playing, he can just give guys chances. Like, he's not necessarily, like, clinical, but he knows where to put the ball. It's like, ah, this could be a great play, but who knows if he catches the ball. You know, the Greg Dulcich drop in the end zone is one of those. Mm-hmm. Just throw balls up, see if Brandon Johnson can catch a couple. But Hank, I, I love it, but Brandon Johnson's not only hung, he's... Uh, young. He's young. He's young. And it's just not going to happen <laughs> this week because uh, he just signed to the practice squad yesterday. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been with the team and in the building mm-hmm. for over a month now. I love where your head's at. It's just not going to happen. There's mm-hmm. a package. Give him a oh, package. Package for, <laughs> yeah. for Hung? Yeah. Hey. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm cool trying things uh, from a wide receiver standpoint. It's actually really tough watching – Jerry and KJ try to block. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry, you sent us a couple of clips last night. I sent some good ones. And I mean, they're just not physically gifted in the way that you need to be to be able to block people. KJ wants to block so badly. Yes. You give him that. Like he got a little bulldog heart. When he got smoked by Derwin James and Derwin just stood over him, you're just like, you know what? This is a win for KJ. Yeah. And a lot of blocking well, is just maybe like. Maybe not a win. I'll give him the win. There's nothing <laughs> the else you can there. ask of him. The, the heart is It reminded me of, I think I've told this story before, where I was trying to impress my coach, and he kind of said before the practice, like, hey, if you guys want to play this this weekend, you got to show me something in practice mm-hmm. today. And so we, at the end of the practice, we were doing bowl in the ring, and there was a dude on our team who was legitimately twice the size of everyone else. <laughs> Monster. <laughs> Andrew Hyde. And I went bowl in the ring, called him out, trying to show something to my coach <laughs> he got both of my feet well off the ground yeah <laughs> fully leveled me but i did start so hey i i earned like wow. like that it was a win for me exactly just just based off of uh uh you know the the desire 
yep. the desire to call out the best. Man, I so wish I could play in the NFL for many reasons. <laughs> uh, but when I played football, it was Bull in the Ring. It was Oklahoma drill. Oh, it was all dude. that BS that is just not allowed in the NFL. I'm right sure now. the. Uh, I don't know. I mean. I'm sure Bull in the Ring has been out of the NFL for a while. Yeah. But oh, it, it's yeah. definitely still happening in youth football. I know. Oh, yeah. It's pretty messed up that those <laughs> exactly. things are allowed at <laughs> yeah. younger levels, but not in the Because there's no NFL. governing body yeah. that's, you know, uh, making the rules. Like, yeah. every August, there's, like, three clips that come out of kids just kidding. <laughs> and then all the responses <laughs> yeah. are, no, you can't do this. This yes, is awful. Yes, what are you thinking? Yes, this coach should be fired yep. and put in jail. Oh, remember the one where they're, like, Running around, they had to like run around the whole team and then come and collide. No, so they would have like they would have like a whole line of the team, and then one guy would start on one side, one guy would start on the other, and they would run. Or no, they would they would be back to back. They'd run around it and then turn and then just. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. Yeah, it's so bad. Uh, Something that's not bad though. Our friends over at Game Time are going to get you the best tickets. And unfortunately, you can capitalize on a 2-1-4 Broncos team because tickets are looking good over at Game Time right now. You can get some great seats at good prices. And if you if, even if you think the Broncos are going to turn it around, get in now and go see a game when the getting is good. You can get tickets to the Jets game. You can also get tickets for after the bye. Broncos still have three opportunities to beat AFC West teams at home. So make sure to click the link in our description, whether you're watching on the podcast side, whether you're watching on YouTube, we've got the link there. Using that link really helps us. And it also just takes you right to where you need to be. So click on that link, get tickets for the Jets game. Allie's pulling it up here. The interface is so nice. Under $100 for this Jets game, so make sure to check it out. Also, check out their flash deals when you're there. That's game time, and click on the link in our description. Go to the Avs game for 50 bucks tonight. Oh, there we go. Not bad. Nice. Nuggets uh, on Saturday for 22 bucks. Ooh. Ooh, I know. I got to buy some tickets to that. Yep. I've been holding off. There's for no the, reason. I was going to go, and then um, I'm do Like, there's just so much going on. There's too many games. Yeah, I'm not gonna miss the buffs. Okay, see that's where you lost me. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I'm I'm ready to go watch Nicole Jokic. If it were the Grizzlies, you would feel the same way. The, I mean, but I just don't know what that feeling is like. One in five, one in six, one in five. Never mind. We don't need to go down that road. We don't need to go down that road. You're pretty close to knowing what it's like covering this team. (laughs) That that is true. Literally one game off. That is true. Um, Go get yourself some meat from Hassle Cattle Company. Mm. Um, All sorts of different beef. It's a Wagyu beef ranch down in Texas. It's all like obviously like put together correctly. No hormones, that sort of stuff. And uh, you can uh, you can get yourself some franks. You can get yourself some steaks. There's like all sorts of different kinds of steak. Uh, I don't know them. Um, you can get some hamburger. You can get some beef sticks. You can get some jerky. Wagyu, Wagyu beef bacon yep. is very popular. I still haven't tried that one, but it's all good stuff. So uh, make sure you check out HassleCattleCompany.com, um, especially the packages. The packages are the way to go. And uh, use the code DMVR20 when you check out because you'll get 20% off your entire purchase. That is code DMVR20 for 20% off. I did some Wagyu beef bacon wrapped strips and they went hard oh my gosh that sounds amazing yes is there anything else we need to talk about no that's it that's it we need to talk to the people i I wasn't confident (laughs) i thought that's what i saw but all right let's talk to the people and let's get with the super chats first the first one comes from ian b 
Uh, a lot of this isn't solely Hackett's fault, but it is an answers league, and I don't think he's got them. Worst teams have moved on from better coaches. Not this quickly. Never, ever, ever, I guess once this quickly. And it was the guy on his third try with the Rams, whose name I should know. Would this? You're not counting the one where the guy got fired in the preseason? That was him. Okay, it was him. <laughs> yeah, that was him. That's the only other one. Yes, everybody else has gotten at least like 11, 12, 13 weeks or something so like that. That would mean the bye week would even be before oh, yeah. that. It would the, be. My only thing with Fire Hackett is I just, if you say it, you just have to have the – I want to hear your plan. And you wouldn't really get a great plan. I mean, the, the plan would be let's see if Evero can do this. Yes, but also who, who's calling – I mean, I guess we came up with the plan earlier, so. Yeah, mm -hmm. we did. Everyone has a plan now. <laughs> that is true. Next one from JWC924 says, How did Hackett not take advantage of an injured kicker and ice him while he was attempting a <laughs> oh. kick? I've actually seen this take out there a little bit. I wish I could tell you – I wish I could give you a better answer than I just don't think he thought of that. Man, because, and, and to, just to get to what, what the commenter's saying, mm -hmm. every time yeah. Hopkins kicked, he fell down after and was in so much pain because of the hamstring. <laughs> now, uh, Nathaniel Hackett did ice him uh, at the end, but he did it before he even started his kicking motion. You know how you can time it where yeah. you time it, and then they kick, and then the kick is up, and then he falls to the ground, and, you, and that forces him to do another kick mm -hmm. in 40 seconds? That would have been really smart yeah, yeah the other thing is let's say he misses the first one everyone's saying why did he give him <laughs> yeah. another chance the guy was hurt you gave him two chances to loosen up his whatever it's if you're if you lose whatever decision you made was wrong yeah and this these are the little things that maybe a head coach is able to pick up on if they're not focused on calling plays on making the, all of the adjustments in the middle of a game yeah, I'm. I, I'm still. When when I hear that out loud, I just go back with Hank. Like, especially now that he's shown he's not good at this stuff. If he's not calling the plays, yeah, what is he doing here? Jerry Rosberg is doing most of the other stuff. Like, all he does is provide vibes, like fire people up. And and you that know? just there isn't that only lot works else. when it's when things are going well. Mm -hmm. You know, like when things are going terribly, no one wants to be around the. The guy who always has positive energy. But there are a lot of coaches and successful coaches that don't call plays. And, that and, is true. And, and you don't, like, question No, but why they're, they're good there. at the other stuff. Yeah, well, maybe Nathaniel Hackett, that's what he needs. He has too much stuff on his plate. Could be. Yeah. At the same, like, Bill Belichick, it's like, he doesn't put up a bullshit. That's his contribution. Like, everybody knows that this is how you do things. And like, all these Broncos bullshitty things, that doesn't happen. And so you have, like, with all of them, there's at least something to point to. And the other thing is, I mean... He hasn't put together a strength in six weeks. It's terrifying for sure, but that doesn't mean that there isn't one thing that we're going to point to two months from now and be like, you know what? He's actually pretty good at this. And, and ever, you know, Russ is obviously getting hammered for uh, his progressions. I think there's just a chance that he's not, he doesn't necessarily have the progressions down pat yet. That is possible. I mean, they're still pointing to it's just taking time with this offense. <laughs> right. And so you as a fan, we as analysts can decide – how, yeah. how much leeway do we want to give him? Was it? Yep. Uh, was there no leeway? Oh. Was it four weeks? Was Russ, it at the bye week? And Russ has built in unlimited leeway. Yes. It doesn't have to be from us, but I'm just right. saying we can try and not give him leeway as much. The leeway is unlimited. Is five years? Yes. Four more years? Four so years you have yeah. to get. You have no choice but to give him leeway. Other or or you just be more mad and you know yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> that he's getting it. But yep. That's where it's at, and I I really do think. 
when a when a quarterback has been in an offense long enough, they just know things so much more. Now I just we don't know exactly what is going on in this offense. Who's mm-hmm. whose plays are they really calling? Um, but you look at the one with Dulcich wide open, like you would think you look to the right and you just know in the back of your head, mm-hmm. okay, as soon as that you saw that linebacker uh, on the right side sink a little bit. You mm-hmm. just know that Dulce is going to be wide open. I just don't know if he's processing yep. the whole offense at that level yet. Yep. And if you'd told me this offseason, like the Broncos offense is going to have growing pains six weeks in, I'd be like, oh, that's a bummer. Adds up, though. The problem is how bad the growing pains are. Like yeah. you would and think that it's going backward. True. Yeah. But I mean, the fact that they're like dead last, that's the concern. Like if, if they were. 20th right now finding a way putting up close to 20 points a game like you're like ah yeah you can figure it out at that point they probably have a couple more wins too it's it's not necessarily how long the growing pains are lasting that's a it's starting to become a part of it mostly it's just how terrible those growing pains are my issue is that we're starting a whole new set of growing pains with a new offense because this isn't the offense that they were practicing in in, uh, the preseason (laughs) and in training camp Mm -hmm. that's where i'm worried it's like okay well we're not getting through any growing yeah. pains because we're just starting fresh. Yeah, it is crazy now when you think back to training camp and how often you know you come back here and you're like, oh, you should have seen this play they were running. It was incredible. Like the, the end around or like this little bubble that's with these personnel or whatever it is. And now you look and all creativity is basically out of this offense. And it's because they want to get back to the basics or who knows, maybe the fans and media just chased them out of it because you know you have the, the, the sober, no, the Beck shovel pass that doesn't work and there's like a few of those loud ones where you're like oh this is terrible he's in his bag too much but now there's no bag at all there's no offensive creativity and the lack of creativity isn't working either and it's that's what scares me the most and hank you were so excited about so many of those Mm -hmm. plays in training camp and i was like yeah those are cool but yeah i feel like we've seen it the past six years in training camp things look so much more exciting there's so much more uh now this this there was a little more juice to it too but then i've just saw it so many times where they just they they get scared and they go right back to only the basis conservative I was hoping it didn't happen here, but it has. And that's where you see the Jets. All these plays, they're running with Brees Hall and Michael Carter all over the formation. Like, it, it's Formational dip- creativity is out the window completely. Totally. Um, and it's there's an age-old saying in the NFL, you can only call what you can protect. Uh, and I think that's a big problem right now. Yeah, it very mm-hmm. much is. Uh, Preston says, look or lock under Hackett, worse or better showed immense potential under Rich Scangarello as offensive coordinator until Fangio and Pat stepped in. Instead, he looked like he was trying to make plays instead of game manage. So the question is, is Locke better or worse than Russ? No. Would he be better in this system than he was in the Shermer system? Yes. Well, what system are we talking about? (laughs) See, the tough part for me is that like he isn't a great fit for this. You know, going through progressions quickly, like seeing things pre-snap. I do think, but that's. I do think it's a better system still, though. Yeah, that's the new system, though. The other system was like get under center, run play action, and True. hit over routes, and True. that was what what Drew did the best in that five game stretch at the end of 2019. Yeah, but if we're if we're talking about the uh, opposite and what Russ is doing now and trying to be a pocket passer, then yeah, Drew would be worse. Yeah. Next one from Patriot Tech says. The inmates now run the asylum. Wow. Uh, NH? Nathaniel Hackett. Oh. Yeah. Don't love the metaphor. No. But um, it is 
in terms of getting convinced if that's what happened or at least the optics are you know melvin gordon called his own shots right mm-hmm. called yeah. his own number yeah he, yeah he did i don't think he did i mean i mean he probably said play me but i i do th- i i don't how I, do you I go have a from not playing to starting i don't see, that's a big question and i have no <laughs> idea but i don't think it's because melvin gordon said start me i think there was another weird thing that happened yeah like he has changed his mind he realized like i don't know what it is but i don't think he was talked into it by melvin i'll say that <laughs> i sure hope not yeah <laughs> i hope yeah. not either bk says i know caden stearns is a safety and is injured but does he have the tools to play corner oof we right, did i know see. this guy's hurt not in the building and uh can't play but is he better than uh than uh no who they have no, I mean he did play, I think, a little bit in college, um, and probably got in the slot uh, some. Yes, he did do that. It, no. Yeah, he's not. He's not no. an outside. You're player. better off. I, I think it was you. It was it you, Henry? You tweeted out that the Broncos are one of the teams considered to be in on William Jackson. Yeah, that's where I was gonna go. The no, that's the Panthers. No, who does Commanders? Have, Commanders. Commanders have William Jackson. I think. And, you know, ESPN had their big insider-only preview story from yesterday, trade deadline preview story. Um, the biggest note was that teams are calling about the Broncos' tight ends and that the most – the one getting the most calls is Alberto. Which, Take him. Exactly. I mean, go swap some sevenths and you got – it's time to ride Dulcich. But, yeah, the William Jackson's in there. They also mentioned – uh, the Seahawks are trying to get rid of. They have too many corners now because their young guys all popped. Um, and they have the oldest one whose name I'm blanking on. I don't think there's another deal with the Seahawks, though. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. The Seahawks love doing business with the Broncos. Uh, they sure do. I, was gonna, I mean, you can't be trigger shy on who you trade with just because you feel like you might have made a bad trade with them. Right. Yeah. Um, if you have the relationship, you probably True. tap it even more. I don't mind the William Jackson. Or I actually really like the William Jackson move. Mm-hmm. But the reason he wants out of there is because he considers himself press man corner and he doesn't want to play as much zone. Um, what I like about that idea is he's good at that. And mm-hmm. so you can play press man on one side with, with uh, Pat Sertan all day uh, and you could play it on the other side with him. And if you can do that with two corners, it's pretty much my favorite defensive weapon you can have in the NFL. It's two guys who can play, who you can trust in man, yeah. like really trust in man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we obviously know they have the, the best one. So, uh, Sydney Jones, the thing from is, Seattle. ah, yes. The thing is the Broncos, uh, I don't know. They don't really need to change anything on defense. Even with Damari Mathis out there, they gave up 16 points in regulation. Yeah. And my thing is you don't, I wouldn't trade for William Jackson this week. And if they lose, I wouldn't trade for him next week. You know, you kind of have to get get to that four and four mark, heading into the buy, to 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 be adding. I would say. Oh, there's no doubt. You're not yeah. adding at three and six or two and six or or three and five and even four and four. It's not yep. like you're you're going to be selling everything to go get guys. Totally. But you can at least say <laughs> we have a massive hole on this side of the field. Mm-hmm. We can patch that. Jared says, "How does this era compare to the world of suck era?" It's worse. It is worse. The expectations mm-hmm. were higher, so there was farther to fall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, it. We're halfway truly, through the first quarter. That's what I was going to say. I truly believe this could turn at any moment. Um, totally. I know no one wants to hear this right now, but 
you know, I think I've said this before. We didn't expect them to be in this phase, and that's why it feels so bad. Yeah. But it's the old Bobby Bowden. First you lose big, then you lose close, then you win close, then you win big. They're in the lose close phase right now. They sure are. At some point, hopefully, mm -hmm. they're going to move to the win close phase. Uh, and that is, you know, they are in the process of building a program. Obviously, Bobby Bowden yep. was talking about college. But that's what, the, that's what this team's trying to do. They're trying to rebuild from, you know, where they've been over the last few years. So it, at any moment. There could be the thing that clicks for them, and they start to win these games. Yep. All of them are one-possession games in the three-point games in the fourth quarter. They've, you know, if they just won one more, they'd split them. Exactly, and that's the big thing. So it would just feel so much better if they could have, you know, pulled out this last one in the end. You don't fumble. You just get that last field goal. You know, you, you one of the toe taps hits in Seattle, and, like, that's all woulda, coulda, shoulda at this point. But three and three is a totally different world than two and four. It is. It is. But also, it's not crazy to say that the Broncos could be 0-6 right now, too, if you want to play, like, the or ball six and oh. one yep. way or the other way. Of course. Yeah. Like, that's – I mean, they're all, what did you say, three-point three games in the fourth quarter. Doesn't necessarily mean they're all 50-50 games, but they're pretty close to it. I mean, Russ today said five of the games have come down to eight total points. And, mm. and people are getting pretty sick of – what totally. Russ says, so that's probably something that's just going to add to that fodder. Yep. The almost touchdowns that he talked about, those things. So I know no one wants to hear it's it. It's just yep. true, though. Like, and I, I, I said it when I started this. No one wants to hear it, but this team is really close. Mm -hmm. Just doesn't feel that way because everyone thought they were already there. Totally. Chargers are a good team. Took them to overtime. Blew it. They've yep. blown a lot of games. Yep. Bolts are a bad team. True. Lost in overtime at home. Did do that, too. Yeah, I mean, the defense 49ers is just, are a good team. Beat them. Yeah. The, the defense is just <laughs> good enough to keep you in every single game. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it keeps feeling like it's only going to get worse. I just feel like it's it can only get better. Well, I do warn you about that because uh, Broncos have the toughest remaining schedule. I know. I'm just saying in terms of the quality of football they play. And the defense should be able to keep them in those games. Should be, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, you hope. And we'll see when they play teams with really high-powered offenses how much they, they expose Demari Mathis. If um, they had Keenan the Allen. Chargers. And if they had one, one more of their linemen and they had Keenan Allen, I'd give that to you. There's that t they're a tier below. Yeah, Chargers aren't in the you, elite. They're you, that, the, they're I don't think best. you guys would have been saying this last week. Yeah, no, I would. I, I think they Justin Herbert has been, has been good, um, yes. really good. He hasn't been yes. elite. And Austin Eckler. You're, I, you're preaching I mean, to the choir, but I'm not sure if they're, they're, they're still considered a high-powered offense. Fringe top ten, top twelve-ish yeah, right now. I agree with that. And if they had been, if they'd had those two more players, then I give you maybe top five. Yeah. All yeah, right. Two I, more I, super chats. I wouldn't make the case for them to be top five, but I would okay. say they're a high-powered offense. Okay. Uh, watch me. Squatch says tonight Denver becomes a basketball city. Go Nuggets. It's a sports city. Not wrong. And next one from Ben says the the term. Temerity of Gordon it. to whine after fumbling. Shake my head. Yeah, I think that, we can imagine what temerity means. That, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that rubbed me the wrong way as well. Yeah. No, just don't do that. You know, and it's the same thing with Melvin. Like, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. Sometimes that's a lot of fun. A lot of the time you say, you shouldn't be so honest. I can't think of a time when it was fun. 
<laughs> just being honest. <laughs> That's fair. All right, let's hop into the comment section and get to as many as we can. First one coming in from Kendall Henton, Hall of Famer, says, I'm looking at the schedule, and it's hard to find games where you say this team, as it looks now, should win. The Panthers, sure, maybe the Jags. <laughs> We lose to the Jets, maybe Chargers or Raiders again, shaping up to be a six-win team, maybe seven if we're generous. Someone pointed out that pointed out to Hackett, Javante wasn't good enough to warrant warrant being or warrant benching, benching Gordon <laughs> and avoiding splitting reps, but Latavius Murray was good enough to do so. It's not like mm-hmm. Hackett didn't know what Melvin was with the fumbling problems going into this year, or could have put Melvin on the bench in Week Two. It's a reflection of Hackett's conscious decision that Gordon should take reps away from Javante, not Latavius, and it's the millionth sign of his ineptitude when millions are crying, praying, and begging to just see a few signs his he isn't unimaginably horrible at this job. We'll keep waiting for anything. I, I don't love that argument. Like, I get it, and I understand the frustration. Like, it's an easy thing to see. Like, hey, how does this happen? But you don't have all the data points early on. Yeah. Like, every week you learn more and you learn more and you learn more. It's not... It's not Madden, you know? It's not like you get, oh, he's this, he's this, he's this, he's this. Right. And so things do learn. Does that mean maybe he misvalued early? Yeah, but who had Melvin fumbling, whatever, five times in five games or four four times in four games, right? But it's not like it all happened in one game. really easy. You, you five and five going five, back to five last and five. You had okay. a lot of games in order to say, okay, maybe I shouldn't play Melvin, especially mm-hmm. when I have Javante to rely on. Yeah, well, that's and what we they saw got one of those. to. They had, already, they had reached the, Raiders, the point yep. where they were saying, we're done with Melvin, and then Javante got hurt. Yep. They played no because they played Melvin in the second quarter before Javante was hurt, but what not I'm a lot. Like there was an obvious but, difference. But he was not totally benched no. like he was with Latavius. What totally. I'm saying was after the fumble, I I truly feel that was the end. Okay, I thought that. he was getting cut that week. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But I mean, we said a billion times, this has been a weird situation this week with Melvin. Why? What? None of that makes any sense. And now starting this week doesn't make any sense. Next one's from Arvada Luke. Hey there, fellas, and ultra producer Allie. Well, the Vibe bus got a flat tire, but we can put a spare on her, but I wouldn't drive around on it for more than a week. Everyone diagnosing the offensive woes again has me thinking. It feels like the mistakes are all happening additively rather than anything overlapping. For instance, if coaching messes up 10% of the time, Russ messes up 15 Some mm-hmm. of the offense, other offensive player messes up 15% of the time. You'd expect that some of those would overlap and we'd have a mess up less than 40% of the time. This feels like we're getting our full 40% or whatever. I'm no numbies, uh, which feels like really bad luck. Kari Vincent Jr. is available for pickup and could be an interesting cornerback <laughs> to bring back, especially since we got Matt Henningsen with that trade return, and he got a sack already. Would love uh, what that would do for Peyton's narrative, just pillaging picks for nothing. Yeah, he already got Trinity Benson back too. Uh, <laughs> or we can get Chris Harris Jr. back and give him his old number. Didn't Can't he do sign that. Someone? He is on the mm-hmm. New Orleans Saints. Yeah. For the next few games, I'm going to focus on the aspects of football that are always great. The food, the drink, the weather, <laughs> and being with the people you enjoy being with. And of course, it never hurts in that situation if there's a football game on. I'm no doctor, but you can all consider that a prescription. Cheers, AL. That's <laughs> what I've been saying about the buffs for years. <laughs> yep. And, I mean, going back to the other stuff, there was like Dalton Reisner was beat clean, would have been drive-ending sack. Cam Fleming gets called for a false start. And so it's like, yeah, oh, he got bailed out of that one. And then there was the pass interference to Sutton that extends the drive on the next. So there's a couple that overlap. But I do think he's right. It's just every play, one thing goes wrong. Yeah. There's a couple where there's more than one, but <sighs> that also means there's a lot of people who need to play better. Bronk Oilers says, I think we are so far beyond the world of suck at this point. We're in a galaxy of suck. Never wow. in my wildest dreams would I have thought we would be in such a bad spot. 
Russ looks like a declining player, and we're not doing anything to mitigate his shortcomings, especially as far as his issues with seeing the middle of the field. Our coaching staff seems completely in over their head, even on the people management side. Melvin was benched with absolutely no communication between he and the coaches, even after Hackett's Monday's <laughs> availability. This is a bad, bad, bad leadership and management look. Even George Payton is suddenly in a terrible spot with a bad football team and a lack of draft capital and not many valuable assets to help us acquire more picks either. I'm slamming the panic button. This is terrible. Yeah. It, I, if, if this is a galaxy of suck, though, I mean, which it, it is all terrible. Like, I just want to know what happened to Browns fans when they had, like, their big fall off in, like, the 90s and then just were terrible for forever. Like, I wonder what point of that are we in, you know? Where it's like, when did, how does it get worse than this? Like, how do the vibes get even worse than this? Because well, they did for another 15 years. Well, you, th- you think that, and then uh, you get Russell Wilson, totally. and you start two and four, yeah. and uh, uh, you don't have any future draft capital, yeah. to, and, and you can't go get a new yeah. quarterback because you can't dump Russell Wilson. Uh, and uh, we're not just in week year one of this, though. No. Okay, so I have a question about uh, Russ, because... There's the narrative that he's washed, mm-hmm. but the main narrative that's out there right now is he's not making his reads. Yep. Those two things are not connected. True. You don't, like, your mind doesn't get washed. Yeah, but mm-hmm. if you, and this is. So my, I'm just saying, like, which one is it? I know the answer to this. But it feels like people are trying to use Russ struggling with his progressions to make it that Russ is washed. And I don't think that's the case at all. I just think he's really struggling with his progressions. Well, Russ, but Russ has also never been in a system where they want him to be a pocket passer. And if Russ wants to play at a high level until he's 40, not even 45 going crazy, or if he wants to play until 38, uh, or even just beyond a couple of years, if his mobility has really gone down, he does need to win from the pocket. Mm -hmm. Winning from the pocket means being able to go through three, four, Mm -hmm. five five progressions and – if you are mobile, you don't need to do that. And Russ has bought himself so much time, yep. and Russ is so good when he's on the move. If he's not that, then not being able to go through his progressions is his decline. As of right now, and maybe this is overreacting to like the last two, three weeks or whatever, number one concern is, like, in terms of the Russ Aaron Denver, number one concern is the progressions. And you factor in like all the pre-snap stuff, too, where – like, you got to see where the blitzers are coming from. Like, it's very obvious. You know, Derwin James sack, you have Cortland Sutton open right behind him. Just dump it right over. So that sort of stuff is number one. Number two is just his body. Like, is are we hitting the point where his body is just breaking down? Because that happens to every player. It happens to quarterbacks. We saw it with Peyton. It happens to mobile quarterbacks even faster. Maybe this is, again, overreacting the last two, three weeks. It could kind of be the beginning of that slide, though, so Number two concern right now is that. Then number three is just like the washed. He can't move as much, which is a concern, but that's where that fits in for me. Fair enough. Uh, and I thought you, you did a good job of uh, kind of illustrating that point. My thing is, if you, I guess if you were expecting him to be a pocket passer all of a sudden overnight, you True. were just hoping, you were just expecting something completely unrealistic. Yeah. So what that's I fair. would say is he's eventually going to get better at that. That's mm-hmm. fair. Uh, and the other thing is, when he does, when he has acted like Russ, it looks great. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, obviously, you you know, this year is going to be tough because of the injuries. Um, but I think there's just some grand 
takes being put together that aren't necessarily being thought out. The progressions is a huge issue. Mm -hmm. It does not, it doesn't work hand in hand with him being washed. It's something that he has to progress upon. I think my biggest concern with all that is his height, which I always, it feels terrible to say. Like that feels like something we stopped saying like five years ago. Cause it's like, no, it doesn't matter anymore. It's a John Elway move there. Yeah. But there's a real chance that like, he just can't see, like he might just not be able to see well enough to, to be able to go from there to there to there quickly and make three reads. And I'm not, like I think there's a 15% chance that that's the case. Even that's a pretty high number given the circumstances contract and all that. I do think that a lot of that's just going to get better and he can work on the pre-snap, all that. But but it is tougher to believe that all of that stuff's just going to come together when you can also say, yeah, he's six inches shorter than the guys in front of him. How's he going to go bang, bang, bang when there's people in the way? Man, someone had a, a question to Russ, to Russ today, and it, it kind of took a, a little bit to build up the question, but, it, but I think it was turning into a good question. It was about, like, uh, checks at the line, and I don't remember who asked the question, but it was about checks at the line, and uh, is that kind of offensive line? Is that him? How's that going? But he didn't know how to finish the question, so oh. this is almost word for word. But he said, like, Russ, is your vision at the line still good? And, and Russ was just like, yeah, yeah, it's good. He, Russ gave a couple of, uh, like, FU answers today, like shrugging off answers today. Mm. He's getting fed up with uh, the negativity. I like One thing <laughs> that I would uh, also have people check in on is how these West Coast coaches are doing right now. Really bad. It feels as though... The, that offense needs a counterpunch yep. uh, because mm -hmm. defenses have solved a lot of it mm -hmm. uh, and made it a lot harder. I mean, let's look at the, you know, just scrolling through some of them. San Francisco, 19th overall. Green Bay, 24th overall. The Rams, 25th overall. This is scoring offense, by the yep. way. I mean, those are, those are, remember what I just said. Kyle Shanahan, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, we're talking about Sean McVay and Matt Stafford, and obviously number 32, Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett running that same system. That system is struggling right now. Mm -hmm. Yep, it, it really is. It and, is. and that's going to be up to the individual coaches and Nathaniel Hackett to figure that out. And it's Trying not just those. I mean, those offenses struggling more than others, but it's across the league where, I mean, this is the fewest points per game scored since... 2009, it was 21.5. Right now, it's 21.6. You have, obviously, Tom Brady comment, bad football. Fantasy football scoring is down 22% this year versus last year. Like, there's a, this massive retraction in offense everywhere. But, yeah, it is specifically here, even, too. Even Minnesota, Coast. who we think of as KOC is doing a great mm -hmm. job there, they're 14th in scoring offense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm it's just yeah the, which is yeah so how maybe you, that's one another one of the reasons why yeah. um nathaniel hackett's changing up what he's doing because those concepts are not paying off right now how do you have all those weapons and get to 14 like you kind of get it with some of the others where it's like the packers it's like oh yeah you don't have the receivers like the broncos new coach like obviously not that bad it shouldn't be this bad but you have, you have some of that with the vikings like justin jefferson adam thielen that tight end dalvin cook like how are you there that that far down there is Dalvin Cook that good anymore? He's top yes. ten. Yeah. Top okay, top ten. Yeah. He's not that good. No, but Justin Jefferson. Justin if he's still, Jefferson is is insane. Yeah. He is. But even this year, you look at the numbers, and you're like, insane or just like uh, top ten? You know. Has has he come down? Yeah. He I'm not sure what exactly. Okay. He, yeah, he was. 
Well, he didn't get anything in that Eagles game. I don't know what's happened since then. Yeah. Okay. I know week one in the first half, he had like 140 yards or yep. something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Should we hit a couple more? Yeah. One more? How many? Yeah, let's do one more. Okay. Uh, lead me. Coach Tobin says, I will refer to this team as the Denver 16s. Russ needs to become a part of this team and leave this delusional part that he is bigger than the team. Be the quarterback and be the guy in the locker room. I assume he is not doing so. My take is that this whole primetime scheduling week in and week out is messing with the team. Coaches and players have got to be off routine with how every week is different. Nothing uh, or noting that being on TV every other week has got to be an issue. I know I will get pushback because they are professionals, but it is a thing. Um... I, I will give you some credit on that about um, not being in a routine. It's been a weird six weeks, and Nathaniel Hackett mm-hmm. has not been afraid to admit it. And then next week they go to London. The first eight weeks of this have been very weird, but that is a coach's job to manage that. And the primetime thing, that's not something I can get behind. Players should be up for primetime. That should be something that gets them mm-hmm. juiced. Uh, so I don't buy that, but I do see what you're saying about the routines being different. I do think that this team has a confidence issue. And I think that the the brighter the lights, the more nervous you get. Oof. And just an identity issue where, like, I, I think that that comes up in games, too, when you're getting – like, it'd be nice if you just went into it saying, like, yeah, we're just going to run all over them. Like, we're just going to run all over them just like yeah. we do. And instead it's like, eh, we'll see if we figure out – let's see what – we'll see if we find something that works. Like, yeah. maybe we're going to be throwing the ball. Maybe we're going to be running the ball. Like – it just it must just be very confusing to be part of that offense yeah. on top of just disappointing. I mean, I, again, I just I go back to my my take that if everyone in Broncos country is nervous during the games, obviously their players aren't feeling the same way. But I just feel that energy is carrying over. Mm-hmm. I think that they are also feeling mm-hmm. like, man, we always screw up something yes. right around here. Yeah, that's brutal. That's very you, that's what you totally. brought Russ in for. And so far he's delivered uh, twice. Twice. Yep. yep. And, you know, you could talk about the Raiders game. He delivered in the fourth quarter, big time drive, never got the ball back. Um, they took the ball out of his hands in Seattle. So there's a world we live in, which, you know, he gets those chances and the narrative is different, but we're not in that world. No, we certainly aren't. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us here today. Uh, plenty of time to come down, hang out uh, for the Nuggets game tonight. Uh, and the Avs game tonight. So good night down at the bar. Uh, Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out. And we'll catch you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Flying cotton